Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Reggae Jean Page won't return for Bridgerton Season 2. The SAG Awards offered a preview of what could happen at the Oscars. And we're talking with Tanya Chen about Black TikTokers not getting the credit they deserve. It's April 5th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shiloh Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Shiloh, what would you say if I said I knew what you were doing at 4.44 a.m. last night? I I would say that I wasn't shocked because you were probably doing what I was doing, which was not sleeping because there was an earthquake here in L.A. Oh, there was. My ceiling fan was on. I immediately covered my face with a pillow. Hope for the best. (laughs) And then I also thought about how the day before I played for BuzzFeed's uh, kickball team. Oh, (laughs) none of us had ever played before. It was really, really fun. But I can't move my body. I'm so... So sore. And I was like, well, this pillow will have to do because I can't run. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's like if you really if there's an emergency. uh, Yeah, I feel like last night was actually kind of bad. I don't know. I mean, I feel like most of the time when there's an earthquake in L.A., my immediate question is, was that an earthquake? Like sometimes is it just like a big dog running in my apartment building or like a truck? And that yesterday I was like, oh, this is an earthquake. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I think it's because it was close. I think it was in Englewood. Oh, yeah. So we, 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 we felt it. Man, so I am tired this morning, but excited to chat. <laughs> <laughs> same. Hard same. So we're starting with some very devastating news. I am personally heartbroken. And I want to note that you were saying this with like a kind of chipper, happy voice. And I know that this is like your denial voice. Oh, yes. I'm like really trying to put on a brave face because I'm I'm so heart like my heart actually hurts (laughs) um yeah we've got to pour one out for the duke of hastings reggae jean page announced that he will not be reprising his just fantastic character um for season two of bridgerton the announcement was made on instagram taking the form of a note written by lady whistledown herself it read in part quote we'll miss simon's presence on screen but he'll always be a part of the bridgerton family Page explained his reason for leaving in an interview with Variety, saying it had always been his plan for this to be a one-season commitment. 
adding, quote, it's a one season arc. It's going to have a beginning, middle, end. Give us a year. That's interesting because then it felt like a limited series. I get to come in, I get to contribute my bit, and then the Bridgerton family rolls on, end quote. So as someone on your team, I know that many people reached out to you after this devastating news to see how you were coping. I literally, (laughs) I had friends texting me like I had just gone through a bad breakup. Like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Can I do anything for you? Like, I have been a fan of the show before it even was released, you know, and I actually interviewed Reggae for a BuzzFeed video thing. So I feel very attached. And I mean, I've read the books. I know that his character isn't really featured in the second book that the series is going to be based off of, but I just was hoping for a cameo for something. I mean, Mm. you know, (laughs) maybe, maybe, you know, no, we'll probably like people will be like, he's in the carriage and we won't actually get to see him, (laughs) but they're telling us he's there. I mean, yeah. And and we talked about this where it's kind of just like, he was so clearly the breakout star that it's like the offers must be rolling in. I mean, he hosted SNL. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's that's how bit much of a breakout star he was. So I'm sure it's just like, you know what? I'm glad I only committed to one season because I, I need to go spread my wings. And even though it hurts me, I feel like maybe this is good for his career. Like, you know, you don't want to be pigeonholed in one specific role. So this is hopefully we'll see more things from him. Meanwhile, we're talking about the SAG Awards because there were so many bright spots last night. Chadwick Boseman won posthumously for his role in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Viola Davis also won for her performance in the movie. Minari scored a win thanks to Yu Jung Yoon in a supporting actress role, and Daniel Kaluuya was recognized for his work in Judas and the Black Messiah. This is the first time all four picture acting wins at the SAG Awards went to people of color. Award season will continue when the Oscars air on April 25th, and given how diverse the SAG Award winners were, I'm excited to see how the Oscars go. I'm excited too. You know, these awards are important, not just for the people and the pictures to get recognition, but when they do get this recognition, it's easier for more of them to get made. And that's what we really need, you know? Yeah. And, you know, given how the Golden Globes went, I mean, we, we are coming leaps and bounds in these in these past months. Yes. Um, and, you know, the SAG Awards is a little bit of a smaller award show, obviously still a big one that people are watching, but not as big as the Globes and the Oscars. So hopefully this is really a sign that we're progressing. Mm. All right. Moving on. It's time to revisit a topic we've addressed on the podcast in the past. Black creators not getting credit for their work on TikTok. Unfortunately, this continues to be a major issue, and it was underscored last week when Addison Rae appeared on The Tonight Show to perform some viral dances, but both she and host Jimmy Fallon neglected to credit the original choreographers, who we know are mostly Black. So today, we're talking about why this continues to happen, as now the issue has expanded to national television. We're joined by BuzzFeed social news reporter Tanya Chen. She wrote the piece, quote, who's to blame that Black TikTok creators are not the ones invited to perform on late night shows? Everyone. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Shiloh. So first off, can we talk about how on earth this happened? When the segment producers of The Tonight Show put this together, shouldn't they have seen this coming, that this would have been a major issue? You know, one would think and one would like to imagine that this could have played out a very different way. But I guess I'm not too surprised that this happened. I wrote a little bit about this, that it's kind of a big ecosystem that feeds itself. And from the top of the industry players, they only know the other top players. 
And in this case, it was Addison Ray, who was like the second most followed person on TikTok. So when they were conceiving of the segment, either they were pitched by Addison's people or had just thought of the first or second or third biggest names they could draw from went to her. So yeah, it is kind of the unfortunate byproduct of having only a few top creators who are white, who are the ones actively pitching themselves and the ones actively being sought after by these kind of bigger entities to continue to amplify. Mm. And, you know, it took Addison a little while to respond, a few days, in fact, but eventually she said she'd love to collaborate with the creators who made these dances. Do we think that's enough credit for them? (laughs) Well, no, I don't think so. Obviously, it's up to the creators and up to the community who are impacted and who have a hand in this to decide for themselves. My reading of that response is I am not surprised by it. It's very on par with who she is, how she handles these things, like a very fun loving kind of, but also um, avoidant of like kind of the bigger issues or maybe not internalizing kind of the bigger issues to address. So it's her way to make like friendly bridges, but I don't know if that is enough or that is restored enough to this issue to just say like, let's collaborate. Um, I think people are asking her to acknowledge the position that she resumes in this, again, this, this big ecosystem and how much power she has and can use to help elevate other faces and names and give more opportunity to creators that she has benefited from. Exactly. So why do you think it took so long to get a response from The Tonight Show and Addison? You know, it seems bizarre, especially given how quickly side-by-side comparisons of Addison along with the original dancers went viral. You know, some of the, I talked about it on the show, but they were very like the plot of Bring It On, where it was just like <laughs> white people, stealing creative ideas from black people. Yeah. Like a, like a watered down version, or I I think I wrote it in my newsletter, like a pageantry kind of version of it. I can only hypothesize why it might have taken them really this long to respond. I think it does speak to the fact that they were completely unaware and, or did not care that this would be, a fallout or something that the larger community on TikTok and on the internet cared about. And they probably felt like how it happens with every backlash cycle, like they were forced to. And that is a shitty situation from either end to be forced to deal with a pervasive and important problem like this. Yeah, I I think if it was their first time gaining attention to this, that is a sad fact. But it also might be because the segment ran and they did not immediately respond to it. Maybe they thought it would go away, too. Well, lots more to dissect there. We'll be right back. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. 
Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. First in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com. And now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A. to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment. From DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal, I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start, and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Tanya Chen about Black content creators not getting credit for their work on TikTok. Now, this also isn't the first time crediting Black creators has reached a tipping point. What happened when they asked for credit for their dances last year? I would think taking it back a little bit even further is um, the first time we confronted this issue was with the infamous Renegade, or the song is called Lottery by Kate Camp. Jalea Harmon is the original creator of the choreography. And for some reason, Charlie D'Amelio gained her fame by being someone people associated with this dance. So much that my entry to her and getting to know her was through this dance that I wasn't sure if she did create, but I knew she has become the face of it because she's just been synonymized with the quote-unquote renegade dance. And when, you know, Taylor Lorenz at the New York Times did this great profile of Jalea, and I think the internet at large was like, oh, you know, because again, this like chain of like who gets to have power on this app, who gets elevated, had created a false narrative that Charlie D'Amelio may have been the originator of this dance. And I think that woke people up to why crediting for something like a dance is so important. The original dance itself was a lot more complicated. And the dance that we know it now or that became popular first on the app is, again, this like oversimplified watered down version. I think last year there came like a 
boiling point. I think it coincided with the Black Lives Matter uprising in response to the George Floyd killing. And it basically forced people on the app to demand that these top creators credit, either in kind of linking the originator's name um, in the caption of their TikTok if they do their dance, or otherwise like flooding or trolling their comments, being like, this is not your dance, please credit. So yeah, that was another, I guess, like watershed moment, so to speak, um, about why these dances are not just kind of like a frivolous, fun thing. Like people realized how much influence the dances have on the culture at large and how much money can be made from doing these dances. Yeah, um, I was just going to mention that you also noted that while these dances are only 30 to 60 seconds long, they've become a huge part of dance culture. And, you know, with creators thinking of new moves specifically for TikTok that will go viral, you spoke with several Black creators for a piece last year. How much money is actually involved in the creation and virality of these dances? I think to put it really simply, like Addison Ray and Charlie D'Amelio, like they are poster children of how much money there is and how much money can be made from doing dances, other people's dances. Sometimes they've come up with their own, but the work has been off the backs of mostly black TikTok dancers and creators. I spoke with two big ones, Brian Sanon and Zach Jelks. And they also kind of were very vocal on the app. Uh, this was last year, last summer, asking for change. And, you know, they explained to me that this is not just like some pastime for them. This is like a really coordinated, intentional effort by real dancers, some of them with professional backgrounds who like realize there is an art form to creating dances that will become popular on the internet. And they conceive of their moves and their choreography around that. And that is a very specific skill. And it's a community of dancers who do this. And they simply want credit and respect for being able to do this and do it really well. But they're inching for the same opportunities that have continuously been given to the Addisons and the Charlies mm. of the app. Mm-hmm. One main point of your article is that everyone is to blame for the lack of credit given to these artists, from the platform right on down to the fans clicking like. One of the suggestions you make addresses the media and specifically BuzzFeed. You write, quote, media outlets like ours can re-examine how we cover influencers and other big TV and commercial industries can reallocate their investments. You know, Shyla and I know for also writing for the site and for other media companies, how easy it is to just write about the big names for the clicks. So what does that look like, the changes that we need to be made? Yeah, I, what I wrote in the pieces, I often reckon with like, how much are we giving more attention to people who have a lot of attention and have already a wildly successful platform. But I also don't think that ignoring them, because I think we get a lot of trolley comments on our post being like, like to the Kardashians, a very popular kind of disparaging comment we get is like, oh my God, Buzzfeed, why do you care so much? Like stop covering them. I think there's merit to that. I think that we have to be aware of how much we are covering them. But I think more than ignoring the issue, which is how we got here in the first place, is the fact that tonight's show like didn't realize this was an issue or couldn't anticipate it was an issue is because they we've largely been ignoring this, is to cover it with an appropriate lens, which is 
to address all of these things and make sure that if we're covering a dance that we know who started the dance and that that leads our coverage and that we are appropriately critical of the Charlies and the Addisons of the app and how much influence and power they do have um, so that we can put this all into its proper context when we write about what they're doing and why it's creating such activity online. It's all about, you know, like critically thinking through how we're covering them so that we are, again, elevating the voices that need to be elevated and holding the voices accountable who may still be unaware or failing to acknowledge their role in kind of this bigger structure that needs to be reexamined. And, you know, one tweet that you credit in your piece from user Ariani says, quote, I think Black creators should just stop creating content for six months and just observe what these people come up with, end quote. Do we think there's a real solution to giving credit to Black creators to stop this from happening in the future? You know, like, I know that tweet was kind of said in jest, but I, like, think it's a really provocative thought experiment, right? Like, it made me think, like, what if, you know, Black creators stopped making things for the internet and for influencing culture as we know it? And I really think it would be a rude awakening to how much we we wouldn't have. You know, going back to this idea of that every person plays a role in this, whether you are consuming this as a fan or just an observer or even a hater or us covering it from, from different lenses, and and their agents and the people running shows and, and big time corporations giving them branding opportunities. I think everyone can ask themselves, how much am I contributing to this power structure that's been in place for so long? And how can I challenge it a little bit so that we are playing an active role in giving equity to people who don't have the same opportunities? And Simply put, for Jimmy Fallon and The Tonight Show, they can reconsider or seriously consider inviting the original dancers and creators on their huge stage to broadcast it to millions of people. That is a start. And I think for our own journalism and for the part we play in media, it's always good to remember when you see something that is popular to ask yourself, okay, where did this start from? Most of the time, if it's a trendy dance, song, slang, uh, or something that gets co-opted and bonds the internet together, it's usually from Black Twitter and it's usually from Black creators on TikTok. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for joining us today and breaking all this down for us. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, everyone pour one out for Shyla trying to cope with the Duke of Hastings leaving Bridgerton. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> and be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. 
I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635-635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment, from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 